Hey everyone, Giordano and Ellen here from The Juice Media. Hi. So many people concerned about climate have been writing to us and commenting on our recent Honest Government ads with questions like Who should I vote for at this election? How do I vote for someone who is not shit on climate? How do I know where my preferences will go? And more. There's no way we can reply to all those questions individually. So we thought we'd make a quick video to address some of them here. Before we go on, I just want to say voting is your choice. Well, voting is compulsory in Australia, but how you vote is your choice. Right. So if you already know that you want to vote Labor, Great. If you're set on voting for the Greens or an Independent, great. And if you're set on voting for the Libs, what are you doing here? You must be lost. Point is, we're not here to convince you to change your vote. We're here to answer some questions from people who might be confused about how our voting system works and who want to know how they can make their vote count on climate at this crucial election. Voting can sometimes seem complicated, especially if it's your first time. But don't worry, we're going to keep it simple and make sure that you're all over it at this election. So let's get into it. We'll start with the basics. When you go to the voting booth, you'll get two ballots. The green ballot is for the House of Representatives, aka the lower house. This is where government is formed. And the big white paper is for the Senate, aka the upper house, also known as the House of Review, because all the bills introduced by the House of Reps have to be approved by the Senate before they become law. So your Senate vote is just as important. And yes, it's a big piece of paper, but don't let that freak you out. It's actually pretty simple. Let's look at the green ballot first. The idea with preferential voting is that you put a one next to the candidate you'd most like to represent you in the House of Reps. Then you must number the rest of the boxes in order of preference. So you put the person you like most first and the one you like least last. It's a great system because if your first choice doesn't get enough first preference votes to win the seat, your second choice will be counted in full. And if your second choice doesn't get enough votes to win, your third choice is counted. And so on until someone gets a clear majority and wins that seat. But remember, for your vote to count, you have to number all the boxes on this ballot. The AEC has made a neat video explaining this in more detail with some cool animations which you can check out. We'll put the link in the video description below. And if English isn't your first language, the AEC has also produced some multilingual guides, which again we'll link to in the video description below. Okay, let's... Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's look at the Senate ballot paper now. Doorbell. Okay, let's look at the Senate ballot paper now. Here you follow exactly the same process we saw with the green ballot paper. The only difference is that here the boxes are lined up horizontally like this, instead of vertically like in the green ballot paper. And unlike in the green ballot paper, you don't have to number all the boxes. Thank God, because there's a lot of them. <laughs> you just have to number at least six of them above this black line. Alternatively, you can vote below the line. But to keep it simple, we're not going to get into that here. The AEC has made another video that explains the difference between voting above or below the line in the Senate. So if you want to know more, check that out. But if you want to keep your Senate voting experience simple, just vote above the line and be sure to number at least six boxes. And that's basically all there is to it. Okay, at this point, we want to address a question that often springs up. Can a party choose where your preferences go? The short answer to this is... No. And the long answer is... Not at all. Parties don't choose your preferences. You do. Only you decide where your preference goes. And you do that by following the process we just described, of choosing the order in which your preferences are counted. But what about these how to vote cards that parties are telling me to follow? 
How to vote cards are simply the party's suggestions on how they'd like you to vote, but you don't have to follow these suggestions. On election day, volunteers will hand you their party's how to vote cards to try and influence your vote at the last minute. That's because it's a well-known fact that many voters only choose who to vote for while standing in line to vote. But if you've done your homework, which you should do for this election, then you'll know who you're voting for already. So just say, no thanks, and walk right in. And walk right in. That being said, how to vote cards can be useful if you don't have time to research all the candidates on your ballot and you trust the party whose suggestions you're following. How to vote cards can also help you work out where a candidate's own political tendencies lie. So for example, Dave Sharma's how to vote card, the Liberal candidate for Wentworth, tells you to vote one for him, obviously, and then to put a two next to the United Australia Party candidate. You know, the party owned by a mining billionaire. Which should tell you that Dave's a shit candidate on climate. But whether or not you follow how to vote cards, the key thing to remember is they're just suggestions. The final choice on how your preferences flow in our electoral system is yours. Okay, okay, Giordano, now I understand how to vote. But who should I vote for if I want to help elect a candidate that's not shit on climate? Well, I don't like to tell people who to vote for, but when you're dealing with climate, you don't have to take my opinion or anyone else's. You can just follow the science. Climate Analytics has just put together this analysis that shows you the global warming consequences of the climate targets of the Liberal National Party, the Labour Party, the Teal Independents and the Greens, and puts them side by side. As you can see, the current government's climate target puts us on track for total climate meltdown in a 3 degree warmer world, double the safe limit of 1.5 degree warming set at the Paris summit. So that's what the science would call shit, which is why we call it the shit party. Labour's climate target puts us on track for 2 degrees of warming. That's better than 3 degrees, but still catastrophic, because we're already seeing unprecedented fires and floods, and we're only at 1.3 degrees of warming today. So the science would call that a shit-like target. And then you have the Teal Independents and the Greens, whose targets would put us on track for staying under the safe limit of 1.5 degrees warming. So that's what the science would call a not-shit candidate. Okay, okay, Ellen. We know the Greens, but who are the not-shit independents? That's a good question, because not all independents are not shit. Some are very shit indeed. If you can't be bothered to research all the independents in your electorate, you can be confident that independents supported by the Voices Of and Climate 200 movements are not shit on climate. So if in doubt, head over to this page of the Climate 200 website and find out if they're supporting an independent in your electorate. We'll put the link in the video description below. All the electorates where these not shit independents are running are currently held by Liberal National MPs. So if you live in one of them and can vote, Congratulations! You can help kick out one of this government's shit MPs and replace them with one that will take real action on climate. Okay, so now that you know the basics of how to vote... And now that you know who the not shit climate candidates are in your electorate... Let's look at how you can help to get them elected. Step 1. Give your first preference to the not shit candidate of your choice. If there's more than one not shit option in your electorate, number them next, in your order of preference. Step 2. Put the shit light party after your not shit choices. This way, if your not shit climate choice doesn't get elected, your vote will flow to Labor. Labor winning seats is a good thing, especially in a marginal seat, as that will be essential to kicking the shit party out of government. Step 3. Put the coalition parties after your not shit and shit light choices. 
choices. For those who don't know, the coalition is comprised of the Liberal Party and the Nationals. The leader of the Nationals also becomes the Deputy Prime Minister when the coalition is in power, which is why a vote for the Liberal Party is a vote for this knob as your Deputy PM. So make sure to put both shit parties last. After all, that's where they always put you. Step four, put the most shit parties on climate very last. Like Palmer's United Australia Party and Pauline Hanson's One Nation, which is literally full of climate deniers like this total toolbag. And that's how you can make your vote truly count for climate at this election. Because every not shit candidate who wins a seat will become a not shit MP who will sit on the crossbench and vote on the future direction of our climate policy. Does all this apply to both the House of Reps and the Senate ballot papers? Yes, don't forget the Senate. It's just as important. Because if we get a not shit House of Reps and a shit Senate, we still end up with a shit government. So make sure to vote one for not shit candidates on your Senate ballot too. The Greens are an obvious choice here as they already have nine not shit Senate seats. So this is where they can have the most impact by helping to vote through not shit climate legislation that's introduced by the House of Reps. Am I helping the coalition if I vote one for anyone other than Labour? No. As long as you put Labour above the Liberal National Parties, you can safely give your first preference to a not shit candidate. Because as we saw, if your first choice doesn't win, your vote will flow to Labour anyway. So not only are you not risking or wasting your vote, you're actually getting more value out of your single vote. And lastly, will the sky fall if we end up with a a hung parliament. Okay, so a hung parliament is what happens when an election ends up with no single party winning enough seats in the House of Reps to form government on their own. This means the major parties then have to negotiate with the crossbench MPs to form government. And that's why it's so important that those crossbench MPs are the not shit ones you elected so that they'll have a seat at the table of those negotiations. You'll hear a lot of negative things being said about hung parliaments, but that's all coming from the major parties, who of course would much rather form government on their own than have to negotiate with the crossbench. So ignore them. Hung parliaments are the norm in many European countries, and the sky hasn't fallen there. We actually made a whole Honest Government ad that explains what a hung parliament is. So if you'd like to know how it can help our next government be less shit on climate, check it out. Alright, well that's all. We hope this has been helpful in answering some common questions we've been getting. But of course, ultimately, it's up to you to decide how to vote. As we said at the start, your vote is your choice. And we respect our audience enough to make that choice for themselves. The one thing we'd like to remind people of is that we have a pretty great preferential voting system where you can make your climate vote truly count if you know how to use it. People in the US and UK wish they had our preferential system of voting. So the least we can do here in Australia is know how it works. That's why we also made an Honest Government ad about preferential voting which we hope most of you have seen by now. If not, you'll find the link in the video description below. Before we sign off, I want to thank all our patrons for supporting our work. Our latest video, to which this podcast acts as a companion, marks the end of season two of the Honest Government Ads. It's been an epic season, covering so many topics, and we could not have done all that without your support, so thank you. This also marks the two-year anniversary of the Juice Media Podcast, which I started as a way to discuss each of our Honest Government ads in more depth, with help from experts and awesome guests along the way, and it's been a privilege to make it for you. I also want to give a huge thanks to Ellen, who not only stars in our Honest Government ads, but has also been editing the podcast for this past year, and it's awesome to have her here today joining me for the first time on the podcast. It's good to be here, George. Well, that's all for now. Season three of the Honest Government ads will kick off when our new government is elected. So if you're not already a patron and want to help us keep governments honest and people informed, please support us at patreon.com forward slash the juice media.
or you can support us via one of the other options on the Juice Media's website at thejuicemedia.com forward slash support. You've been listening to the Juice Media podcast with me, Giordano. And with me, Ellen. And on behalf of all of us here at the Juice Media, thank you, good luck, and happy not shit voting. final choice on how your preferences flow in our electoral system is yours. Okay, okay, Giordano. So, were you wearing your glasses before? (laughs) Because you're not wearing them now. (laughs) Yes. That was pretty good. It's pretty fucking awesome.